Good Sunday morning, everybody. This is Pastor Jay Keaton. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. I have a word from you from the Lord. I love it when God gives messages to me. It's just the most wonderful thing. Every true preacher out there who receives from heaven uh, understands what I'm saying when I say that. It is so wonderful to be contacted by God, to be told to speak something in behalf of God to God's people. Uh, again, I want to thank you for listening. This is going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We are in eastern Pennsylvania right now on a vacation with our grandchildren. We haven't seen them in almost a year, and we thank God for the ability to come up here and see them. And But listen, we're never on vacation from the Lord. And I want to talk to you about saved and unsaved. Uh, in, in, the, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, it says here in verse 12 through 14, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, right, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. But in skipping down to verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. Father in heaven, we ask your guidance and leadership as we walk through the word together. We thank you for your word, God. It's so illuminating to our heart. We thank you for the spirit that you give us, Lord God, that comes into our heart, Lord, that makes its abode with us and guides us and leads us, Lord, every day of our life. And we're thankful for that, Lord. And we ask you to continue to lead us, Lord, and be with us. And we give you thanks. And we ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Do you remember the day you got saved? How about that thought? I want you to take a moment. Do you remember when you got born again? What that was like? What was that experience like for you? What did you feel like when that happened to you? Where were you at in your life when that happened to you? Or perhaps even when you rededicated your life to Christ, maybe you had slipped away or backslid as it's called, and you had gotten away from the spirit of the Lord and, and you began chasing after your fallen nature once again, like you had done before you had met Jesus Christ. And you were chasing after things that you shouldn't have been doing until finally the spirit of God got back a hold of your heart and led you back to the place of salvation, redeemed you, picked you up, washed you off, cleaned you up spiritually. Do you remember that? What was that like for you? I want to take you back to that moment because God is so good. God has things that he wants to show us in these days. He, he, has, a, he has a purpose for your life and for my life. He has a place for us. He has a, he has a path that he wants us to follow. He wants to guide us and lead us. He wants to teach us and uplift us and love on us and dust us off and clean us up and keep us clean. He wants to feed us the word of God, which is food for the inner man, the soul of us. He wants to, he wants our destinies to be that with him in heaven. He goes, I, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. He goes and wants to us to be with him. He wants you to be there with him. He wants to walk with you right now. He wants to share with you right now. But I tell you, it is a struggle with people to understand the will of God for their life because they're so wrapped up in the carnal way, in the fleshly way that God delivered us from. We're, we, we get so entangled in the webs that we weave in this life and we, 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 we hold ourselves prisoner when God wants to set us free because we are so, we are still so attached to the fallen way. The Bible says when we're born again, 
you know, you know that we die to sin. But listen, brothers and sisters, sin doesn't die to us. The power of its wooing, the temptation that it brings is very real and exists in your life and in my life too. And it's something we have to fight against every single day of our life. The scripture says we have to pick up our cross daily and follow after him, that we can't put father, mother, son, or daughter above him. In other words, he has to reign supreme in our life, and we have to put him as number one no matter what. No matter what. Do you remember what it was like when you got saved? How wonderful that was. I'll never forget my salvation day. I can remember my brother was hooked on cocaine. Uh, God love him. He would, uh, would not mind me telling you this. As I've said before, he was such an addict. He was very bad. Uh, he had a very difficult time fighting the compulsions, the, the compelling pushing behind him as Satan was pushing him to, towards the drugs to overcome the, the, the addiction, the power of its, of the desire of it. Uh, and I remember he wanted to go to church and he said, where would you like to go to church? And I, and I, I looked at my wife, Tammy, and she goes, why don't we go where we got married at? I ended up pastoring that church for almost 15 years almost. And, uh, it was a wonderful experience for us. And I remember that day when we went to church and, and I thought my brother was the bad guy. You know, I thought, you know, here, I've never drank anything in my life. I've never tasted alcohol in my life. I've never smoked any kind of cigarettes or did any kind of illegal drugs. I thought, man, I'm a good guy. You know, I thought that that, you know, I was, I was the good one here. Boy, boy, my brother sure is bad though, you know, and I'll never, I'll never forget, uh, the preacher started preaching and to this day, I couldn't tell you what he was preaching on. I could only tell you it felt like my soul was going to come forth from my body. And if I didn't let go of that pew at altar call, that my shirt would have left with my soul as it flew up there. Uh, and so I let go of the pew. And I'll never forget when I let go of the back of that pew and I took my first step to the right to go out into the, into the hall there, into the middle aisleway and go towards the altar, I was set free. I remember a feeling like I had never known before in my life. I was never taken to church as a child, so I couldn't have faked this. This was all very real to me. And I'll never forget, as I was taking each step, as the preacher held his arms out to me, the tears were flowing down my face. I couldn't tell you why I was doing this. Just like a, when a duck hatches forth from an egg, how does it know to go towards water and to swim? This is the way of things. The Bible says we all have a measure of faith and that there is a place within us that God would would does and de desires to dwell within us, to save us, to be with us, to guide us and lead us. We are the temple, the scripture says, not made by man's hands. And I'll never forget. I was walking up there and I was a different person halfway to him. And when I got there and I just held on to the preacher and the tears were flowing down my face, I will never forget the freedom that I felt within my soul, the difference I felt. My mother had died. Uh, it was it was terribly difficult times. My brothers were both addicts. Uh, they were destroying their lives. Satan was destroying their lives. And I'll never forget my, my the, the the feeling of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit coming into my soul. 
I felt like I had never felt before. I felt a peace that surpassed all understanding. I felt glory that was unspeakable. It just an, un, an overwhelming feeling of glory. I felt changed. I felt different. I felt like I was a brand new me. And I remember going home and opening up that big Bible that we had sitting on the table that never got read. And I opened it up and I began to read it and it began to tell me my story. It began to tell me about how the old man passes away and behold, all things become new. I said, why, that's me. How does this thing know that this, this is what was going to happen to me? And then it talked about that peace that I mentioned before that surpasses all understanding. And I had that where I had no peace before I had that. How does it know this? I thought within my, my, my newborn mind. And then it talked about that glory that's unspeakable, that joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. I thought, how did it know that? And it just described me all through the pages of the New Testament. It described me. And I thought, there is no way that this can't be real because this is absolutely happened to me. Oh, I remember. I remember. You know, the unsaved person, they don't, they don't know these truths because they can't, they can't appreciate these spiritual truths because they've never known them. Uh, they first have to understand Christ's atoning sacrifice for themselves, but even that sounds foolish to them. It's, it's, it's foolishness. That is, until the Holy Spirit himself starts to convict people of his reality. Basically, the natural man is one who does not have the Holy Spirit residing within him, and he doesn't know this joy. He doesn't understand it. Jesus said this, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit in John chapter three, verse six. You know, it, it, it's an interesting thing here in the book of Corinthians. Paul uses the, the word natural to refer to someone still in his original sinful state. Um, it can only be defined as Someone who is lost and destined for hell. Someone who is in that state that needs to be redeemed and born again. Natural men are those who are basically occupied uh, in their soul, in their heart, with the things of this material world. Um, to the exclusion of the things of God. They're led by their instincts rather than by the Spirit of God, brothers and sisters. They intuitively choose sin over righteousness all the time, all the time. Really, they're pagans in their heart. I was. Jesus refers to this in Matthew 6, 32, who only seek after the things of this world, the natural man. And we're not supposed to be like that. The, those of us that are Christians, we're not supposed to be seeking after the things of this world, the fallen things, the things that, that don't matter. We should have illuminated minds. <laughs> By that wonderful born-again experience. Your mind should be renewed. Your soul should be restored and redeemed. And so, brothers and sisters, why do we entangle ourselves that would once again lead us back to the hog wallow, as the Scripture calls it? Why would we entangle ourselves with the things of sin again? Why? When we have known such a wonderful thing. The supernatural work of God is to change the natural man into a spiritual one. When a person trusts Jesus Christ, God exchange, he exchanges what's natural 
basically what he received from Adam, for what is spiritual, for what he received from Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. As in Adam, all shall die. So in Christ, all will be made alive. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. The Christian life is therefore a supernatural one. We don't walk according to the flesh, brothers and sisters, but according to the Spirit in Romans chapter 8, verses 1. That's what we walk after. That's what we do. We've been born again. So the natural man in his natural state doesn't want these things. They're foolishness to him. The only good thing that he knows is the one that pleases his fallen nature. But those of us that are in Christ, the things that pleases us are the things that we would die for. The things that we would give our life for. The little girl at the high school, it was Columbia High School, I believe, out west, who when the shooter asked her to deny Jesus Christ and she refused because her mind had been enlightened. She gave her life for what she knew was spiritual truth. Spiritual truth, brothers and sisters, always outweighs these fleshly carnal things that the world seems to love so much. Power and control. These are the things of the world. But God's Spirit brings forth love And we prefer one another over ourselves and we pick each other up and we love, the scripture says, love is a powerful thing. It's love that helps a marriage recover when someone's cheated. It's love that helps somebody endure things, hardships, which are unimaginable. It's love that held Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary when nine-inch spikes were nailed through his hands and through his feet. It was love, divine love, that said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. It was divine love that held him there, that gave us all a chance to be saved. All who would believe in him, brothers and sisters, choose Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that for every person listening to this podcast, Lord, that, Lord, you would deal with their hearts, that the Holy Spirit with power, Lord God, would touch them, would be with them. If they need healed, we pray for their healing right now. If they need redeemed, we pray for their redemption. We pray for their soul right now, God, in the name of Jesus, that they would receive the things that's from on high and not look to the things of the flesh. Oh God, have your way. Guide us and lead us open doors, Lord, where you want us to be. And God, we give you the thanks for this in Jesus' name. Amen.